Good evening and welcome to Blood on the Severn Beginnings 1645. This is uh, the first on a series of three one-shots that we're going to have uh, detailing the history of the Kindred Society in Bristol throughout the ages. We're going to start today with a beautiful cast of our disaster ghouls. So with Thomas, introduce yourself. I'm Chris, uh, Amos and Balance. I'm playing Thomas Waterman, who's a, a brewer. Mary? I'm Len. I'm playing Mary Rice Fowler, a lovely Tory door lady. Amy? I'm Amy. I'm playing uh, Archangel Raphael. I am a Malkavian plague doctor. Kirsty? I am playing a Fentru businesswoman by the name of Agnes Marston Fowler. So the year is 1645, 17th of July. For those of you who need a little bit of context to understand what's going on, we're in the middle of the English Civil War, which started in 1642. Um, King Charles I has been taken out of London. He is right now residing in York and the parliamentarians, those who oppose the, uh, the king and, and the royalists, uh, are having a hold on uh, London. And um, three years ago, in six, uh, two years ago, in 1643, Bristol fell to the royalists by the nephew of the prince. <clears throat> so for the last couple of years, the the city of Bristol has been under the control of the royalists. Now, King Charles is a very uh, controversial figure, and he he wishes to rule without parliament. So there is a very clear divide. This is one of the most brutal periods of English history, uh, mainly because uh, it was Englishmen killing Englishmen, and then the Scots were involved in the Irish. Um, it's worth mentioning that King King Charles is the is but the second king to be king of both Scotland and England. His father, James the First of England, sixth of Scotland, I think is how it goes. Oh, thank you. Um, was the first king of both countries, and uh, and now Charles finds himself in in a very tough position. Um, he has angered uh, the Presbyterian. Uh, Scots with some of his reforms and right now the, the people are divided it's not only a matter of royalists and parliamentarians it's also Puritans and Protestants and Presbyterians so also in religion even though all of them are Christian they are all divided so we are using um, a group of chronicle tenants that are very Unique not only to the set of, setting of Bristol, but also to the to the current um, era. And these are um, my faction, right or wrong. Bristol is a city that has not only a Camarilla kindred. The Camarilla has been created merely a century or two ago, which in kindred terms is pretty much nothing. Uh, but there is a very strong anarch. Uh, faction here uh, with a council and they they have a, a, a lot of people a lot of them are just kindred that 
refuse to join a sect. You refuse to join the Camarilla, even though their clans uh, decided to do so. And there are some that, instead of directly opposing the ideas of the Camarilla, just want to be left alone. They're in no way, shape, or form organized. It's just a bunch of independents, and they are not that many. Um, so my faction, right or wrong, is a is a chronicle tenet that goes a, according to to what Blood and the Severn is and always will be. It's is your faction above all. The second uh, chronicle tenet is obey Christianity and. Uh, respect this more and obey its moral laws uh it's time even though there is a divide in religion at the moment uh christianity is still very very pervasive in the in the lives of people around uh the the late medieval era and the early modern era so the moral laws of Christianity, the core moral laws of Christianity, are still very important because they're a very a, a vital part of what is society. And last but not least, obey authority. This is a time, uh, it's a feudal time of kings and lords, uh, but also for the Camarilla of elders and primogens and princes. So these are the chronicle tenets. Now, to introduce our characters, let's start with Thomas. Thomas is pairing with this newcomer. He came from France. He arrived by, by boat, um, by ship um, uh, a week ago. And um, through common acquaintances, you have been uh, taken to spar in in the little studio that has been converted by by uh Lake Finch as as a sort of a mini jewel in academy from his former days as a as a sword master. Uh Guillaume, which is the name of this Camarilla Toreador coming from from France from the courts of love, Guillaume Boulot, um he He's partial to the Venetian fencing, but also is very curious about what's going on. And uh, as you are going back and forth, he's asking questions. So, Thomas, is the king, uh, is the king safe? Oh, safe. Uh, who can say? There are definitely some in Parliament that are, are calling for his death, even. And oh. to be honest, who, who can blame him at this point? Uh, his, his armies have suffered great defeats in the last couple of months. Who knows? Oh. Um, hmm. Who can tell? The dead of a, of a king is, is, a, is a bad thing. Um, you would You would imagine that that the, the people of England would be loyal to his king. I mean, that that that, that is definitely the argument of the king, certainly, um, but there are, there are other arguments against that. I mean, we in England have, have a, a strong Gothic tradition. I mean, I'm not sure if you're aware of the, the findings of uh, the Roman general Tacitus over in Sweden recently, but um, we in England, uh, 
a proud Gothic people, uh, a people that have historically voted for their leaders uh, and put in a leader that is best. Not nothing to do with this divine right of kings or whatever it is that Charles is insisting upon. But you had you had the balance, as he says that he he switches his footing, as to take you out of balance, uh, or, or at <laughs> least in an attempt. Uh, you had a balance. You had. You had the king and you had the parliament. Both were were working together. Well, again, they did, but James was um, a much as spendthrift as his son was, but uh, just less of a taste for, for conflict, I guess. I mean, hmm. parliament worked well for 40 years or so, but not so much now. I mean, perhaps it is time for a change. And in, in where do, do you stand, Thomas? Ah, uh, well, I, I very much believe that we, we are a free people. We should choose our leaders. Uh, there's, there's none of this divine right of kings. I and mean, you must understand as a kindred, none, none of our princes, they, they rule through their own merits, not, not through some supposed handed-down Hmm. rights to rule our, our prince rules because he is the strongest if you wanted to be prince you could say you're a prince and if you were the strongest then you would be the prince hmm. and surely that should be the same for the kind uh, in one way or another I've never thought about that in that way but it, it is true um, many of the, of the princes in, in France they are the strongest of their domains and at this uh Lee just says, right foot in, Thomas, right foot in. As, yes. as um, Guillaume does a little, a little uh, faint that catches you a little bit off guard. <clears throat> hmm. So what is, uh, what, what could I do um, during this time here in, in Bristol? Um, I'm afraid that, that I've heard rumors of, of armies advancing, and uh, I wouldn't want to be here if uh, war comes to happen. Ah, uh, well, I mean, we're a port, so as long as you're aware, obviously you could leave at any time you wanted to, I would have thought. Um, but I'm not, not too worried about uh, Bristol itself. Uh, the kings moved north to York. Uh, one imagines that the, the parliamentarian forces will go after him rather than here, hmm. at least for the time being. So, in in this exchange, not only of words and conversation, there are you know strikes back and forth. Um, at some point, you change from different uh, styles of fencing, from the sword and dagger, uh, sword and small buckle, the targa. And, and different maneuvers. Uh, he just, he's not very keen on the on the on the two hundred swords sword fighting style, which is something that is also part of the fencing school, uh, the English fencing school. And um, and you discuss some of those finer points with Lee. Uh, once Young departs and thanks you deeply for for not only the practice but also for the information and your point of view. Lee stays with you uh, a little longer. Well, you stay with him a little longer. So, 
So that, that style he had, it's, it's different from what I've seen lately. Is that a new fencing school out there? believe so there is certainly they they favor the rapier a lot more on the continent so hmm. um yeah to be honest uh as you know i uh, i i follow silver's teaching george silver's teachings and obviously in a time of conflict uh, a more battlefield style is is a great advantage here but uh, things Absolutely. are different in france his rapier will do nothing against cavalry. Well, no. Quite. <clears throat> but I'm I'm still curious. Let's see if I can find find out a little bit about that style that he's been using. Well, it's always good, I suppose, to to know well, a little uh, know your enemy, isn't it? So, if, if only to understand what your enemy is up to. And you see that the political conversation, he, it, it almost doesn't touch him. <clears throat> he's an old man, and he's concerned with one thing and one thing only. Swordsmanship. The art of swordsmanship. This is not something that he sees as a profession, nor as a hobby, not even as a, as a utilitarian thing. And and, and you admire that single-mindedness of him, of, of swordsmanship in its pure and truest form and, and and duels being fair it's a battle of skill he disdains the use of firearms and gunpowder because any idiot can shoot if not as those royalists and parliamentarians that are killing each other so we will de depart from league finishes um sword masters sword master league finishes a little dueling arena and go to a, a slightly bleaker place um in a house in the outskirts of bristol close to what is the, uh, a marsh uh, near the river avon there is the house of a soldier of a royalist soldier who has come back from the battlefield <clears throat> he is he's christian an Irishman that came afflicted not only by wounds but by typhus. The plague is ravaging the land and the armies and now the cities. Raphael has been called as a plague doctor to, to tend to this poor man. His wife, Laura, is worried and uh, receives you. Of course, oh, sorry, I missed this. Before I, I go with Amy, can you please describe <laughs> Thomas? We had just this, a beautiful scene with Thomas and Young. <laughs> Thomas is uh, a little over average height. He's very well built. He's obviously uh, some sort of a warrior, big shoulders, strong arms. He's very good looking as well, uh, long hair. Uh, for someone that's... Uh, strongly on the parliamentarian side he, he does dress finer than you might expect but as uh carlos has said there are all sorts on both sides of this fight still thank you for that sorry amy <clears throat> can you describe 
what Laura, the soldier's wife, uh, sees when Raphael shows up to her doorstep. So um, she will see a tall figure um, wrapped up in black robes um, that seem to be sort of woolen, but with a wax coating and a leather mask um, shaped like a bird's head over his face in a sort of typical plague doctor fashion. Um, around his, um, he has this sort of subcloak um, that goes around his shoulders, which is also waxed and on it is painted a sigil, um, similar to the sigil in the picture, if you can see it. Um, but it is of the Arch Archangel Raphael. Um, and he has a cross on the hat that he wears, which is sort of similar to a Victorian top hat, but not quite. Um, he does, for all intents and purposes, look like a sort of typical Plague Doctor character. Okay. Welcome, Doctor. Can you can you please tend to... to of course. Um, the man lies in bed. <clears throat> The signs of typhus, that of typhus are evident, um, and he he looks weak and pale. A rash? Is yes, it's not. You don't see anything, but you would have to examine further. I imagine using your cane to remove yeah. clothes, uh, clothes at a distance, and prod mm. and touch. Uh, can you do um, an intelligence plus medicine roll? For us. I will do exactly that. that um, amazing following structure. So. How do you get it in my good side? I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there we go. Three uh, successes. So three successes. That's more than enough. <clears throat> oh, your hunger was two. Sorry about that. Um, and... Um, you do see that he is not in the later in the in the terminal stages he just has developed a, a broader rush probably because of his personal humors mm. but it's not something that you cannot deal with mm. as usual with the, with the usual treatment for typhus so what you have to avoid is for the fever to go to his mind so have to clear the my the, the air of the miasmas that can be noxious. So, what do you do? Do you so, treat him? Do you talk to I him? Will, I will say to him, I will say, so, Typhus, it seems. The, I would wish to keep you informed of your ailment. And so, you seem to have and I, I would like to look at uh, to see to see further the symptoms that may be shown. But first, I will attempt to remove the air of miasmas, and he will um, reach into the sort of uh, bags he has at his side. He's got some bags around a belt, um, and he will take some. Um, a pomander, so sort of small bouquet of flowers or herbs, and he will turn to the woman 
um, his wife. Is she still in the room? Uh, yeah, but she's in the in the corner waiting for any instruction. Um, my lady, uh, please, can you um, light this? Have you got any incense burners or any? She goes and procures one quite fast. Yeah. And and the the smoke, the thick smoke, you can see it, but you cannot smell it. You have your own potpourri yeah. of fragrant herbs and inside that sort of bird's beak that makes your leather mask. But you do know how that uh, commander that she's burning smells like. And, and you're certain that that will clear the air of any miasmas that can worsen the condition of the soldier. Um, he, so looks, what... he starts to look relieved. He feels more at ease. The so, wife just asks, "What? How? How? How can we repay you? How? Is there anything we can do for you or the church?" Allow me to uh, see to his condition more, and then I will. I will think on the matter. Um, I would like to see your your husband healed sufficiently before I ask for any returns. Um, and so he will go into the room um, and he's wearing sort of leather gloves so he will be slightly more able to I suppose touch the guy without okay. having to resort to his cane mm -hmm. um, and he will um, what he will do is he will attempt to sort of what's the guy's clothes situation looking like is well, he he's... has he got lots of robes is he sort of bundled up or is he no uh, a shirt that you opened up and, and some worn trousers uh, he was mostly covered by blankets okay okay yeah so he he'd peel the blankets back and um sort of open up the shirts to see if there are any rashes um and yes, whereabouts mild, the rashes are uh, mild and they are on on his abdomen and and on his sides on his right side so uh, you must be familiar with the uh, theory of the four humours as written by Hippocrates and as built upon by uh, Galen. He looks I... at you with the eyes of a man who has been spoken to in a foreign language, but he is not in agreement nonetheless. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So... What I must do to uh, heal you is uh, this rash here. It uh, it suggests to me that um, there is too much of the... You have an imbalance of the sanguine humour. You have too much blood in your body. I will have to make an incision and remove some of that blood. But I do have my tools. And at the mention of... Uh... Of the practice of bloodletting, he is a, much more comfortable with that. Uh, being in the battlefield and being around the wounded, bloodletting is something that is practiced. So he he just tells his uh, his wife, "Yeah, leave us while the doctor uh, bloodlets me." Are you going to use um, um, the thing that black sucks blood? I know it's sanguijuela, it's in Spanish. Leeches. Leeches. Are you going to use leeches? And he looks a little disgusted. 
I do have leeches with me, if that is what you would prefer, but no, I no, will also no disclose this to you. No leeches. Mm. I understand. Um, and uh, he, he sort of begins to remove his mask um, to sort of allow his voice to be heard a little bit more. Um, and in the sort of area underneath his mask, um, you can only just sort of make out a sort of very pale chin um, and mouth. Uh, but he will say, um, So, I, uh, are you a man of faith, sir? Yeah, yes, Doctor. Would you... Would you believe me if I were to tell you that my place here is to heal and I have been bestowed with gifts in order to bloodlet more effectively than ever before? Oh, that would be amazing. Should I pray while you do this? Please, please. And as you turn him to his side... He closes his eyes and starts praying. So, um, I will try to get as close to the area where the rash seems to be as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and he will allow his fangs to extend. Um, and he'll probably remove the mask altogether um, so that he's got better access to it. And he will begin to drink. How um, much are you drinking? I'd like to take one, please. One. So you very gently go into the man's wounds and start feeding. And and you can see, you can feel the, the very weak shivers of, of, of the thralls of, of, of ecstasy, of, of that, the being bathed in the glorious light of the that's what you think. That's what Raphael thinks. He gives to the sick whenever he feeds. That feeding plus the commander in the air that now you can breathe in. The, the clear air. No miasmas here. You are certain that this man with the right treatment will recover. And now on to a, a much posher place. <clears throat> Away from the marshes and the, the sort of like the, the, the poorer areas of Bristol, there is a very um, a very nice place. Um, a little bit more than nice even. Um, it is it is closer to to the castle, but on the other side, <clears throat> sorry, of the river, in what is the area uh, that goes to the the Avon and the and the docks in in the area of the temple. And this is a a, a family that used to belong to the eldest of the Fowler brothers. Now, the Fowler brothers, each of them married very interesting women. Women that have outlived them both. 
Agnes and Mary, sisters-in-law, sisters-in-law by mortal um, convention, but from different clans in the eyes of Kine, are still related and are having a lovely cup of blood in the manner of tea that has been enhanced by Mary, by, by Mary, who is coming back from a very successful endeavor. I'll leave you uh, ladies to describe yourselves. Mary? Agnes, you first. Oh, me? Agnes, <laughs> well, whatever you want. I'll go first. Um, Mary is a 55-year-old looking lady. She has white hair, which are burst back on her head in a bun right here. Mm -hmm. um, she isn't caught that without ha wearing headwear. So she is wearing a fascinator of some sort, uh, fashioned with flowers. Mm -hmm. uh, she is wearing proper attire because she just got out of her, um, her colleges, which she gives to uh, scholars uh, who would like to learn more about bot botany or any form of garden architecture that she does. Mm -hmm. um, and she is a Toreador lady. So, fashionable, proper, and in her environment. Exactly. And Agnes? Uh, Agnes is a Caucasian lady nearing the end of her 50s. She's got uh, silver gray hair, which she has done up into a bun on the back of her head with a few curled strands that still fall in front of her ears. Her most prominent showings of her age are evident frown lines and wrinkled hands that are stickled with pigmentation. She wears a long dress with an, intricate, with an intricate patterned overgown and the ends of her sleeves are decorated with lace. She is very much in her element. <laughs> So we had someone drop accidentally. Yes. Oh, so first thing. Oh, she's back. There oh, we go. Is. So wanted to say before we started with this scene, um, thank you very much for your patience uh, to all of the disaster ghouls and people who are watching us live. Um, uh, and your understanding with regards to everything that deals with our tech. So this is the first time we're trying to do uh, a completely online session. We usually do them live you know, in front of each other. So we're going to probably face a hiccup or two. Just, just ignore them. Ignore them. So Mary and uh, Agnes, you are, you're having um, your tea and uh, you have just come back from one of the lectures you have given. You want to talk discuss that with your sister no or is this something that it's so much of a normal thing nowadays that it just goes without saying oh you should have seen them agnes they were so blind to everything at all these idiots couldn't even distinguish weeds from blossoms if they had had them in front of them well, I suppose, unlike us, they are not wise beyond their years. You have truly are done yourself this time, darling, and she'll take a sip from her cup. I do hope you like them. They're very special. I just got a new batch in yesterday. And um, they do give quite a nice tang, if I do say so myself. Lovely tea, by the way. 
You've outdone yourself this time. <laughs> I do like a positive. So steps bring in the in the house in the Fowler household, and um, and a voice is heard coming from the the one of the 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 rooms. The study is coming out into the the little gardener the garden outside, and um, and this is Jonathan Fowler. He approaches Agnes, and. Uh, in a very affectionate ma manner, uh, mother, and kisses both of her cheeks and turns to Mary. Aunt Mary, I hope this night finds you well. I hope the same, Joseph. You're looking quite splendid tonight. What is it, my dear? <laughs> um, um, mother, um, yes. the, the Spanish merchant is here. He, you said you wanted to speak with him? Yes, yes, that is that is quite correct. Um, send him out, will you? Will do. And he goes outside and comes back with this this man. He is he looks to be in his mid thirties. Um, he walks with his his uh, clothes are decidedly more extravagant than what propriety would suggest. So you get the idea that he might be a very successful merchant with very humble and not so learned beginnings. And uh, he approaches, he has a long mane of, of black hair that he wears completely loose in a nicely trimmed beard and mustache. Uh. Agnes will set aside her cup and rise to her feet as he approaches. Along my hand remains sitting. <laughs> she is very much welcome to. <laughs> Miss Fowler, a pleasure to make your acquaintance. A pleasure. I what am, can I help you with? Oh, I am Diego Rodriguez Espinosa, and I have come to 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 tell you personally that I. I I sadly have to stop doing any business with with the city of Bristol. It's nothing to do with with you or the Fowler. You have been nothing but gracious to me. With our fine city, can I can I ask perhaps why that is? It's the rumors, my lady. The rumors about the armies. Uh, the, the parliament armies. Surely a a businessman such as yourself will not just give in to the likes of rumors because they are just that. Well, they, they seem to be more than rumors, uh, milady. Um, I have been in the trade routes on the way to Liverpool and um, and it is true, Bristol is moving a, a lot of gunpowder, and a lot of it is coming from your coffers, uh, gunpowder for for the war effort and, and, and weapons, firearms, muskets. Mm. But the number of, of muskets that are being handed over to the parliamentary army is much greater. And uh, I am sure you're aware that there is the campaign of, of Cromwell also in the Midlands. 
it is it's not it's not an ideal time to be caught in the wrong side of the war i do not support neither the royalists nor the parliamentarians this is not my country but commerce will be affected i see of course i i understand the worry that our commerce would be affected by this this dreadful war but believe me i would it would be a disgrace should uh the Fowler family business fall to such a degree. I I can assure you that whichever side comes out on top, we we can continue to do business as normal. So I would ask for your patience for just a bit longer. If I may interrupt so, such a pleasant conversation. You do know and you realize that this country is being torn apart between either two and that no matter where you're going to get your goods from it will be cited by either the parliamentarians or the royalists. I'm afraid you have no choice but to choose eventually. It would be a shame, however, to throw away such a good history of negotiations between our two merchandises. My my sister-in-law. Mm, um, pleasure to make your acquaintance. Mary. Um, Kirsty, make a charisma plus persuasion roll. Persuasion. Um, it's a negotiation. Mm-hmm. So you can add that bonus die from your specialty and you gain a bonus from Mary. Mary, what is your persuasion? My uh, pers persuasion is uh, four dices. Four dice. I also have a specialty in negotiation. <laughs> Five, okay. So you're gonna roll. Mm -hmm. uh, we're gonna, you're, you're using the same um, uh, house rules uh, for blood on the Tamises which are if if someone is aiding you uh they will give you a die that's a normal the normal help another rule mm -hmm. uh, but if their skill or their skill plus specialty equals three is a rating of three then they don't they no longer add a die they add a success okay and it should their skill or skill plus specialty uh reaches level five then that success is actually a 10 with the potential of making it into a critical win you're so, welcome <laughs> thank you so, so uh it would be charisma plus uh, persuasion with you then, add one die yes and then so the modifiers one yeah and all then right we'll see how it goes Okay, that is one, two, three, four successes uh, with uh, the help of, of Mary. And uh, the good thing is that the hunger died didn't 10, so no messy crits. Um, four successes, okay. My turn to roll. that you cannot see. Pleasure, uh, uh, Milady Mary. Um, you, you speak true words. Um, I will have to choose eventually. Um, I will choose 
not to not to take sides in the conflict but keep my friends in the Fowlers. A wise decision. Very wise. I will make arrangements for the next suit. Now, if you excuse me. Of course. Thank you. Maybe Agnes. And he's escorted by Jonathan, who, as he opens the door for Diego, he turns and looks at both of you, and he gives you a cheeky smile. And I'll give him a wink back. <laughs> you can see in his face, it's like, that's why mom is in charge of business. So, the four of you were, uh, remember that later this evening, you were to meet in a closed court of Prince William Grigg. He had asked for uh, for your coterie, the Regency near the harbor side to attend this closed court. He has not said why. I assume you made arrangements to... Do you make arrangements to meet beforehand or in the communal haven? Do you meet at court? Depending on everyone's schedule, I... I think it might be wise to arrange a meeting for right in front of the court, just because everybody seems to be busy tonight yeah and it, it was not early in the evening it was actually close closer to midnight yeah okay best best to go in as a, a coterie mm -hmm. okay. Okay. so you're all together um you're nearby um the place in which you will meet the the prince it is a very very big house it's one of the the sort of the the manor houses that you will find um north of of Broadmead um, and um, the one of the assistants of the prince will let you in as you walk through the door and, and are in like in the, the, the foyer is the name that the end chamber before foyer. you went in the foyer mm -hmm. yeah foyer. thank you thank you very much yay team English um, <laughs> Um, you are received by Russell Scovel, former prince of Bristol, sire of the current prince, but he's now acting in his duties as a herald and a primogen of the Ventru. So, of course, he would greet Agnes, first and foremost, as a team member of the clan, and then each and every one of you with grace. Uh, Russell Scovel seems like a like a 17 or 18 year old year old man. Um, he has very stern features and in a very squared jaw. Um, short hair, very short. Um, in no way fashionable nowadays, but you would imagine comes from a from a military uh, background. But he does have. Uh, sort of the, the wide brim hat that has been used is very popular uh, during this era. Uh, his clothings are immaculate and he speaks with a proper British accent that I will not try to tarnish. Okay? Just just to make it clear, I'm, I don't do accents of British different accents. Thank you. It's okay. 
<laughs> oh, glad to see you all. Mm -hmm. I wish to thank you in the name of the prince for your uh, most prompt response. Agnes. Good evening. I hope this evening encounters you well. Now, um, this is, as the prince said, a closed court. But this is unlike any other court. It was a, a last minute change. Um, this closed court inc involves elements of the Anarch. Interesting. I see. And you say you see how he struggles to not call them scum or <laughs> any other, you know, epithet to that effect. Um the situation is most dire. So please, please uh, come in. And you are introduced. And when you go into the into the room you'll know that there is a quite a good group of people. Between 10 and 15, which is not as, like, a little bit more than what you would expect in a normal closed court. Normal closed court is basically the prince, a couple of the primogen, and a couple of people that tend to sit by the side of the prince. It's always an affair of six to eight people. It feels more like a gathering of friends. And he likes to call it that, a close. But in this instance, you see people and you recognize some of the people. Of course, Prince William, William Grigg, he looks to be a man in his, his early 40s. Um, very, very handsome man. Uh, his hair is... Uh, he, he doesn't have, he's not wearing a hat and his hair is kept at the style of the era, which is a shoulder length, letting it uh, flow freely. And he, and he has a very um, nice features. Uh, his hair is uh, not it's brown, brownish. Uh, yeah, brunette-like. I don't know if it's appropriate for a man uh, to be called brunette. I don't know. Um, it's now. <laughs> so he's a brunette dude, and um, and he carries himself with the with with a, a very careless uh, air around him. Uh, you will recognize uh, Thomas, your sire, uh, primogen of the Bruya, William Montagu. Um. And uh, Raphael, you will recognize the primogen of your clan, uh, Percival Eddings, uh, your grandsire. Um, there is also a man that is absolutely hideous. He looks like an ill-preserved corpse that has been left to rot under the sun in a battlefield. He looks as if he had holes, stabs, wounds, gunshots, 
and he's he's flesh is very it's that sort of palish purple as if it's starting to be necrotic but you do recognize this man this man is called well other people call him polymathes the the erudite the the knowledgeable polymathes he is obviously a nosferatu in, in an old one very little is known about him other than he does not abide by Camarilla Anarchy. He's one of those few kindred that has decided to remain independent. Mm. Next to him is another two two other uh, hideous creatures. One of them you do recognize as Cassiel, Polymathy's child. And he he looks actually like a very dignified man. Uh, he does have strands of thinning hair, and uh, and his features are uh, as if someone had punched him in the face quite strongly, with the, the nose going sideways, and and that sort of quality that the mouth and teeth would have when they're bent inwards. Um, so you can hear him sort of breathe even though you would doubt he's actually breathing and the other one is a a young woman ward full, filled with wards and um and some of them are uh, postules that you can and some of them are there's a little bit of pus well it's not it's more like a very ugly nosferatu but yeah. in a play <laughs> kind of way you do not recognize this woman. Mm -hmm. uh, but Mary finds a place to divert her eyes from the ugliness of these Nosferatu into the, the astonishing presence, the, 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 the very prominent personality of Roger Jenkins, one of the leaders of the Anarch movement. He is accompanied by others who sometimes you could have probably seen but not recognized. You do know that none of them are Camarilla. But he is now speaking, Roger is now speaking to Ian Thorpe, his child, and also the Torador primogen of the camera. Siren Child are present. Mm. Same bloodline, two factions. Ah, oh, here you are. Welcome. Please, please. Good evening. You. you are introduced to everybody. Um, the figures that, that you have not, that you didn't recognize before are Isaac Gormath and Rodrigo Salvatierra. Good evening. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Welcome to a lovely court. Thank you for attending. And then you hear the very deep voice of Roger with these impossible green eyes. Evening. I 
would assume that we are ready to begin. William? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, these are very dark times, my friends. I am sure that you have heard the terrible, terrible news that befell on our society a month ago. And if you haven't, then I am grateful that you have been spared the horror. But sadly, you must know now. Two kindred of the Camarilla met final death. The details are sketchy at best. And uh, of course, there are people who have had their suspicions at which um, Roger steps in. You can say it, frankly. Speak openly, William. He turns to you. The suspicions was that anarchs, members of the anarchy, had killed him, which I can say is absolute nonsense. Yes, well, absolutely. Yes. Proceed if you wanted to say anything. No, I didn't want to interrupt. Continue. Remains to be seen. <laughs> yes, indeed, remains to be seen, Raphael. Um, the the problem with this is that the kindred that were supposed to to be the perpetrators, those who were suspected, rightfully or wrongfully, mm -hmm. all of them are dead. Final death. Yes. Interesting. We found out two nights ago, and that's when we decided to summon you. They all died under strange circumstances, and um, and now the Anarchs, and I must say, rightfully or wrongfully, are demanding blood. And you'll see the look that each other, like Roger and William, they give each other looks. And mostly Roger is, is angry, very angry. William is more, is more proud and, and, and more stoic withstanding this sort of accusations. Mm. So the heart of the matter is we would like you to to look into into the murders of this, this three other kindred. Um, it would do us a lot of good. There's nothing to do here. You have the names of the people who killed my allies. Yes, I understand that there are concerns and uh, suspicions, but you cannot go blindly accusing four Camarilla kindred of murder. No, but don't the Camarilla ruling your precious little law prevent anyone from the right of destruction unless 
they have your say, so. <sighs> yes, Roger. But then we would have to prove that they indeed destroyed them. Well, why don't you send your friends to talk to them? You're definitely not letting send mine. Absolutely not. If this is to be a Camarilla matter, then we will resolve it in-house. No. You will find them and you will deliver them to me. Or we'll go to war. And at that, he turns and leaves with his allies in tow. It's just you, the few primogen, and these trio of Nosferatu's left. Strong words right there. You think he, you reckon he's bluffing? I do not. Uh, Royer is no stranger to war. He has battled in many occasions, in many wars. He's... If he's talking about war, it's because he means it. He will not say the words lightly. And I... I cannot help but understand his position. If it were me and Kindred under my protection were killed with his strong suspicions of the Anarchs being involved, I would be as livid as he is. This is a, a most troubling situation. Who are these, sir? Subject, subsect. Oh, oh my gosh, I can't talk Subject? tonight. Who are these uh, suspects then? Oh, these suspects. Do, do well, you believe them to be suspects, or is that just the anarchs? That's. Um, I I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't know what to think, Thomas. Um, the suspects are Arthur Motes of the Bruya. Um, Thomas knows him. Knows him very well. He's a very good friend of your enemy, Thomas. <laughs> um, a Bruya royalist. As passionate about the reign of Charles I as you are passionate against it. Uh, <laughs> Simon Winters which is also a name you recognize, uh, Thomas, because he's one of the man-at-arms of the Royalist garrison in Bristol. Uh, he's not a long... He, he hasn't been in, in Bristol for long. He came with the Royalists when they took over, brutally took over Bristol two years ago. Uh, Isabel Roselette. She is a Toreador. Um, and uh, Mary knows her and uh, Sophie Woods who you know uh, Raphael she, uh, Sophie is a beggar that she usually uh, roams around St. James Priory in the horse fair um, and she's a Malkavian indeed mm -hmm. uh, as you can see it's a these these four kindred I I cannot see them acting together I do know 
that uh, Arthur Motes and Simon Winters know each other. Um, but Isabel um, and, and, and poor Sophie Woods, she's half mad. Uh, ap apologies. And he, he just turns with a heavy grin uh, to, to Percival and yourself. Apologies. I, I, I didn't mean it that way. And Percival says, no worries. I I understand you didn't mean it in a in a bad way, uh, William. And she does indeed um has has a stronger condition than most. Indeed. I believe that I have no such condition, but uh well, you, you do I'm believe told. that you have the condition of the the visions, like oh, that's, that's when true. they you you have seen the visions, but people call them madness. But you're not mad. They are mad. They cannot see clearly. So, it is. So, just to wrap it up, like just summarize it, there are two Camarilla who met final death. Mm -hmm. that have been suspicious about Anox being mm -hmm. the culprits. Mm -hmm. They have received final death. Yes. And now they are suspecting for another Camarilla kindred. Yes, basically, they're thinking this is an, sort of a, an eye for an eye situation. Camarilla kindred die, so we'll kill Anarchs, and now the Anarchs want to kill the Camarilla kindred, which will... Like, and you see the numbers, two, three, now four. Um, this is going to escalate. At some point, this is going to go to all-out war. He mm. knows it. I know it. That's what he's talking about war now. Why wait for the escalation when you can avoid the deaths of so many? I agree with that. Do so, we know the identities of these? Of those uh, four, yes. Of the, but not of the Anarchs that passed off. Oh, the, the Anarchs that died, uh, they can, uh, you can ask, uh, they will, they don't have that information right now. They, they know the name, but they don't have further information. Uh, and they, the information is usually just name and profession. Anarchs usually don't go around sharing their clans or bloodlines. They are much looser in that regard. They are, they don't care which clan you're coming from. But um, if you want those names. It would certainly help the investigation. All yeah. they have. Okay. So the three kindred who died. Bear with me because I have like gazillion things open. There. Okay. The three Camarillas are... Richard Kendall, a stone mason. Richard Kendall, stone mason. Um, Charles Breyer. He is a physician and a natural phys uh, a natural philosopher. And. Joanna Harvey. 
Joanna Harvey. Um, she was, well, she owned uh, a couple of, of uh, cobblers. Like she had a cobbler. She worked with cobblers and and the sort of in the fashion industry, if you want to call it, the early fashion. It is a, it is a dire tragedy that someone would uh, inflict such terrible death upon anyone. But why were were these people, the the Camarilla that were killed as well? Um, who were they, and uh, were they involved in any such uh, strange businesses or? Or were they disliked? Um, well, arguably, uh, one of the the camera the kindred that was killed was uh, Elizabeth Lang from the Tremere clan. She was supposed to meet with the regent, and uh, and the other uh, person who was supposed. Uh, who was uh, killed was uh, Anne-Marie the Boer. Um, a Torador visitor from the Netherlands. Hmm. It is unclear how they died. Unclear? Yes. Were, were their bodies found? Uh, well, no, alas. The, the, alas, the method no. of death uh, yeah. It was very clear. They were decapitated. Uh, the circumstances of their death, the reasons, they are unknown. Where was the site of it? Um, the two Camarilla kindred, uh, the bodies, were found in... Got it here. There we go. The, the bodies were found in in near the old market luckily see. luckily they were found by friends of the camarilla in time now the three rotten corpses of the anarchs were found in different places of the city. Mm. One was floating in the harbor, had gotten stuck so the the current couldn't take it away. The other one was found in the cattle market. And the last one was in Green. What? Oh, Green Green Park, College Green. College Green. And they were all found the same night? Uh, they were found in two different nights. I see. First, first the, the body in College Green, and then the other two bodies. But they are, there is no way to know when they were killed. By the time they were found, they were bodies that had decayed. Of course. 
with a decapitated as well? No. Where are the bodies now? They're Already held by decayed. The yeah, they're held by the Anarchs. Um, I could maybe try to make arrangements for someone of your skill, Raphael, to have a look at them. That would be uh, much, much appreciated. I would, I would, I would find that befitting uh, if it would help to explain the tragic circumstances of such a foul murder. Understood. Oh, but, well, I, I, I will assume that I, I will leave it upon you to help us understand what's going on and in, in how this happened. Uh, most importantly, um, our guests here from the independence, they they are very keen on helping this matter be resolved. But I'm afraid they are much dire news. The ones they bring. And the, the woman with the warts and the the postules approaches. My prince. I am I am I, I come with 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 sad news. Um the parliamentarian army have just given a, a lethal blow to the royalists in the Midlands. And uh, and through my connections with the Nosferatu in Cardiff, we have it in good word that Sir Oliver Cromwell heads for the city. Here. Yes, hmm. my lady. So it seems our visitor was right, Agnes. It would appear so. How many knights do you reckon we have? Well, not long. It might not be uh, Cromwell's army, the one that, 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 that reaches for Bristol. But if he's moving in this direction, other armies will as well. I see. Probably a month. The rivers will run red. Two. At most. It will be a short battle that the parliamentarians are overwhelmingly strong in this case. People around you. Yeah, people around you. Some of them, the ones who clearly have flush of hell. <laughs> breathing as in... I would say something if you weren't right. Because, I mean, most of them are clearly royalists and they have been so for centuries. Well, hopefully you can find an answer. I have managed to secure a month for the investigations given the situation in the city right now with the impending... So... I will, I will send for you, Raphael, with information whenever the Anarch bodies can be examined. Thank you. Many thanks. Um, do you want to stay there or do you just 
go out and try to figure out what to do? Um, I'd like to see some of the independents if it's all right, please. Yeah, the three. But the I don't mind group. if it's not what other people are doing. Yeah, Thomas would like to see what assistance they offer as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the independents are just there when the people remain in the close court. Um, this woman mostly goes to to a corner just waiting for a moment to be dismissed. Basically, she's just a messenger, an animal. Uh, the important person here is Polymathis and and Cassiel, his child. Um, his child is very silent. Polymathis, on the other hand, is, is a very well-versed uh, conversationalist. He's having a, a chat with Ian Thorpe. Uh, they are slightly to one side and um, not necessarily whispering, but mm, see, Agnes, you are mm -hmm. the closest. Do you want to eavesdrop or do you want to just make your maintain mm. distance? Or No, I don't think Agnes would be the one to eavesdrop. I do believe she is a touch hard of hearing. <laughs> she is. But she will, being nearest to them, she will kind of straighten up and wait for them to sort of notice, see if they notice her. Okay. Uh, is... Either way, can you make um, a wits plus alertness check with a minus one dead penalty for your hard of hearing? Because even wits though. And alertness. Awareness, yeah. Awareness, okay. Because even though you're not making an active effort to hear, my, a minus one penalty. Minus one. You're hard, on hear, hard of hearing flaw. Oh, oh that's a die. That's that's just the one. <laughs> I believe, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, gladly it's not. I can be a still failure. That is very true. <laughs> Um, you hear just the mumbles until until they straighten up and oh, Ian Thorbus, my lady, in a very very fluid bow. What do we owe the pleasure of your company? Well, naturally, with the uh, matters at hand, I was hoping to further inquire how you would aim to be of assistance. In this matter, if there's anything you have noticed, seen, heard about the kindred in question that could be useful. They looked at each other. They look at each other and they look at you and say, well, uh, it's quite serendipitous that you actually come with such a question and not related directly to the kindred, but how could we help in this situation? Um, you see, uh, Polymathes and, and myself were trying to discuss how could we come to to terms with this situation. Because there is no guarantee that once once you find this kindred, that there will not be blood. Um, what if they are innocent? What if they their crime was in self-defense and they are sentenced to death what what would be fair i i argue that a a trial would be fair 
and I could try to intercede and talk to my sire about that. I see. It's not an unreasonable plan, but but we need to find someone that could that could judge on such a matter or can help officiate or something. Let's let's keep the Camarilla and the and these anarchs away from each other's throats. And Polymathis is just nodding as the shadows of the candles draw different shapes in the holes in his face. I see. So you then propose a an involvement perhaps in the the, the judging of the individuals should they be found still. I'll assume that those with nothing to hide will not make no attempts at hiding, but... True, true. But not myself. Definitely not myself. Some don't trust me. Some don't like me. But maybe... Maybe someone can help and be your impartial vote, your decisive judge in such matters. I'm still not convinced, Polymethys. Um, Mrs. Fowler, um, have you heard the name Giacomo Mazza? He is a merchant and a very successful one. You have. That man is a thorn on every merchant's side the moment he decides to go into any sort of business because he will take over. And not violently, not brutally, he will just do business better than anyone. Mm -hmm. And he's taken liking to the gun business. Right. I have, I have heard his name. Propose him, truly. Mm. He, he only, he's only interested in making money, but not because he likes money, but because he can make it. He cannot be bought. Man who has everything cannot bought. Well, I would tend to agree with that, but I, I do not know if he would agree to such a thing. He has decidedly, he's been very adamant about remaining impartial. I'll leave you to think about it. In the meantime, William Montagu approaches you. Um, Thomas? Oh, my so, child? I hope you are fine this evening. Oh, very well, thank you, yes. Dire news. Someone's Troubling dire. times indeed, so I was... Uh... I thought the news would be better, but 
Wow. Luke gives him one hand and takes away the other. And he whispers, well, the only saving grace I believe we, have, we should thank the Lord is that the suspects are royalists, so no one will miss them. Okay. Things go awry. That is true, but uh, the truth is a is a stronger motivator, surely, than um, which side of kind struggles they they sit on. Hmm. I would suggest you start your search, at least for the for the the two rabble rousers. Well, quite, yes. I mean, they... Innocent or not, they are far more likely to cause trouble and will worth Precise. tracking down soonest. Yeah. Well, it is known that they usually are hang around in the near the town marsh on the other side of the of the chapel. Is where they're practicing their archery and their fencing. Maybe, maybe you can find them in there in that place. And um, Thomas, yes, sir. bring help. Don't go alone. Very well. Yes. They don't like you there. <laughs> they don't like our kind. This is half the fun, surely. He turns around and goes to talk to other people. Mary. What are you up to? Um, if I do have the chance, I would like to speak to William Gregg. Yes, the prince, of course. If he's not left the room yet. No, no, no. He's still very much in there. Oh. I'm sorry, my lord. I just have to ask. What are your plans with the upcoming war that's now brought to our doorstep? Troubling times when the rose worries about. I'm afraid that my my main driver is to avoid kindred war. When the city changed hands from, from parliamentarians to royalists a couple of years back, we managed to maintain the peace. Yes, there were some casualties on either side, but they... It is agreed that those are the ones that decided to take the conflict from the mortal world to our world, which is not the norm. So I would very much try to keep things civil. I very much wish to fight for peace. So in the event of the city changing hands again, I will most likely defer back and give the seat of the prince to my sire, who had to step down when the royalists took the, the city. You see, we are both constitutional monarchists. Uh, it's it's a difficult place to be. We do not sit completely neither with royalists nor parliamentarians. We believe in in the merits of both systems. Oh no, I agree completely. Even though it's. A pick and choose situation right now between the royalists and the parliamentarians. I do agree with the fact that a constitutionalized monarchy is the right move to go. 
it, it is already in effect in the Netherlands, I believe. Yeah. And it is a outstanding situation to be in. Um, not only because of, you know, not a total monarchy or stuff in it or anything, but just the fact that you can rise up in the ranks if you need to. Do you have any such ideals yet? Or is it just... No, I am I'm very much up for letting the people in the Camarilla have their voice be heard. But of course, there must be an order to things. People can raise their voice and, and we can hear them and things can change. But it cannot be done in anarchy. Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, we have to remain in power, otherwise everything is going to fast shit. Absolutely. Now, um, pardon the sudden change in the topic, but are you indeed still engaged in architectural gar gardening? Uh, dude, whenever a assignment arises from a client, I do indeed take up that opportunity of performing my art. Why do you ask? Because there is an event coming in in the next few years that if the city still stands and I am back in my seat as a primogen and don't have to deal with the madness, I would like to have your participation. And you can I count would, it. I would very much like to make an impression on a certain someone. It's very dear to me. Oh, a romantic endeavor, perhaps. Let's call it that. How adoring. Well, I will be your Turidor lady. So just <laughs> whenever the occasion arises, Thank you. I'll make sure to make something lovely. Raphael? So yeah. you do you approach the Nosferatus? Um, yes, please. I would like to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I will uh, approach them. Um, the one with the, the the unfortunate one who looks as though they are covered in postules. Oh, yeah. Um, she, she looks like a very nervous woman. Probably because she's surrounded by a lot of people that look like high clan. Her name is Margaret. Margaret. Okay. Um... So, good good evening, my lady. Um, how was how is uh, how is this court finding you? It, it feels strange. Um, not I'm not used to this. He uh, extends a gloved hand for her to shake, and says, "It's uh, it's all right. I was uh." I remember being similarly confused at uh, my first court. Um, it she takes some things to attentively. Sorry, you were saying it. Uh, the court. It. It. I find it takes some getting used to. But uh, you will. You are. You are young. Then you must be. Um. Yeah. Just. Just a, a couple of years. 
Um, but I, I, I do know how to get around from one city to the next. They send me with messages. Indeed. Are you? Who? Whom do you represent? I believe that the the the, the Roman, um, god was. Uh, Mercury, but uh, I know not what, who, who that would be in uh, our faith. Um, I, 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 I would, I wouldn't know. I, I represent the Nosferatu of Cardiff. You say this is a lowborn woman who is pretty much clueless about the conversation you're trying to have with her. She does feel like she was shaking initially, but now you feel in your gloved hand that she is calmer, slightly so. Um, and do you do feel for this woman? You see her, and she she looks as if she was ill in life and then embraced. And of course, the curse of the Nosferatu has manifested in these pustules and wounds and, and sores that she has so she's in this sort of permanent state of like, sickness my my lady my you know um before well the my memory is foggy because uh i find it matters little to me and has no real measure on my ascended life but uh, before the archangel Raphael came to me I I recall being similarly sick although in a different manner were you struck with smallpox or something similar and she she starts shaking, like nodding, uh, and and slightly shaking, and and she sees you, and she, when you when you mentioned that you had this vision of the archangel Raphael, she does feel drawn closer to you. In, in sort, and this is sort of religious belief, you know, the healing saint, you know. Did he, did, did he really bless you? He did. Why do you think we are what we are? And and she tentatively reaches with one of her hands to touch your cheek. Do you allow her? Do you recoil from? As in, um, uh, just, the, just the cheek of the mask. Yeah. 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 I I allow this. I allow this to happen. Because it's your mask, so it's. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well. I, uh, I know little of, uh, I have been in a couple of courts. Um, would you care to dance? Uh, he, Maybe he, we could talk afterwards. And as you are going, as you're about to take her to dance before she manages to muster an answer, you turn to see the dance floor and, and the small group of musicians that, yes, have arrived, but 
in such a manner that they are barely noticeable. No one knows. They're just sitting there and they're practically invisible. They have not started their music and the dance floor looks like a marsh. <laughs> like an old uh, marsh. In, in which case... Um... Well, give me a second. It, like, the dance floor looks like a marsh in the sense of a marsh at dawn with heavy fog and the mud is still soft and in it, and in it you see the, the forms shapes of men, women, children they are filled with sores and, and pustules and their blackened tongues and you take a bird's eye view as this black cloak of death sweeps across Britain. Something is coming. You recognize a lion, a rampant lion and silk with his paw on a on a spear. A lion. He withdraws his hand very quickly and sort of clutches it to his chest. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, forgive me, my lady, I must, I must depart. Um, and he sort of moves away to uh, a slightly quieter part, maybe, maybe close to the rest of the coterie. And as you move um, around the area just to avoid what a moment ago was a, a place of death um, like a massive graveyard you see that the in, in 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 the reflection of the moon on the ground you see the the lion again and you see three spears three spearheads three for the leaves a chevron of six and the silver lion going for he jumps open his mouth and consumes you and that's we're gonna pause for a break so i hope dilly dilly is around <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully the stream can you hear me now. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, let's hope. Uh, okay. Cool. Um, so I've got a list of questions for you guys. Um, where should I start? Uh, okay. We'll go with just a nice one from Wimp. Uh, how is everyone's day going? No, oh, everybody's day is going hectic. It was awful until about two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carlos, you want to talk about it? No, I already, I already bored Peter out of his mind with what happened. <laughs> How about you guys? Very similar to you, I think. Hectic up until a couple of hours ago. Yeah. I mean, okay. got a most of an essay done on um uh productive. The, Mm. Franco and Hitler during the Second World War. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
I had a few meetings uh, with both my school and my internship. Yeah. Uh, times are hectic now with the, with the whole lockdown situation, so you got to make the most of it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not been quite as productive as writing the better part of an essay, <laughs> but I did write myself a little quarantine routine that I'm going to try and stick to to get some work done, hopefully. Hell in yeah. the future. Bravo. It's productivity. I haven't got any classes with me at the moment, but this is a sort of... Yeah, yeah. I am working yeah. on something cool during the quarantine. I am binding my own internship report, and I made this cool. lovely book press. Oh, so if anyone cool. wants to know how to make your own book press and start working on making some sketchbooks or something for I don't know, maybe vampire? (laughs) Let me know and I'll hit up the tutorial I used down below or in the comments or whatever. Fantastic. Next question, Dini. Okay, so uh, from Bakra Zephra uh, to everyone, why did you pick those clams? Sir, can you repeat the question? You the question away. is coming yeah. from Bakura Serafa, which is Phil. Yeah, Phil, why mm. did uh, you guys pick the clans that you picked? I think it's why we picked this particular clan, I think. Because... Yeah. yeah, basically, so why why, why your... Oh, why did you pick the, the clan you're playing? playing. Yeah. So, let's go in order. Chris? Um, mostly because it was 1645, and there's a weird bit of history that I know a lot about and I wanted to be this uh, a character that had a lot to do with the, the gothic ideals of personal freedom just because of the time and then obviously Bruja fits that very well with a sort of a scholar and also someone that fights because it's a war so it just just fit the concept I had yeah. better than any of the clans so. cool. Len? Well, I had this idea for Mary in my head for a long time, uh, and I've bothered my own friends with it for quite a while, about this older lady who uh, is a garden architect and doesn't really get to see her gardens in full bloom in daylight, but she still has a lot of passion for botany and and, and gardening and stuff. Uh, I think it would be something a little bit tragic in a sense. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, that perfectly fits with Toriador, and I haven't played one yet. I mostly, uh, mostly play Ventrues and mm-hmm. an occasional Gangrel. So it was a new thing, and I'd like, I like, I like it just for... Yeah. Um, Amy? Um, so I've been interested in Malkavians for a while, um, but I haven't actually played. I've got a Toriador character at the moment that I'm playing, but I haven't actually played any other characters by that one. Um, and I studied history of medicine and I really loved medieval and renaissance medicine. I wanted to bring that to the forefront at some point, um, yeah, of a character. Than, uh, and this seemed like a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also at the moment, it seems a little bit slightly apt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether <Yeah>. if. <laughs> Kirsty? Well, I. It, it kind of came out of nowhere. I got this idea of a character would, that would be fun to play would be a lady whose husband disappeared under mysterious circumstances and left her a large sum of money. And then from there on, it kind of evolved. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I well, like I that. Idea. I love everyone's concept, by the way. I saw them come in this week while we're 
throwing them together and I was just like, I love every single one of these kids. Yeah, and I and I really like the concept of four working as a coterie in which you you're covering many different fronts, but it's very like all characters feel very real to the era, which is something that's very nice. Um, do we have more questions, Debbie? Yep. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm peeking a bit. Um, so from uh, Pete over there, he's got two things. One, say everybody's being excellent. So there's that. <laughs> but he's also asking for you to say your favorite tongue twister in your native language. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's for and Len, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, oh, I do believe that's for, so. That can be for everybody. You, you, you two can. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, randomly, Amy, say a tongue twister in English. Oh, um, it's not much of a tongue tongue twister, but um, the cat crept into the crypt, crept and crept out again. The, I love that the, one. The cat crept into the crypt. What? The cat crept into the crypt, crept and crept out again. The cat crept in. Okay, yes. yes. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not if easy. I may, we have one in Dutch that's very similar. The cat crapped the krullen from the top. Yeah, the cat crapped the krullen from the top. It's very similar. Oh, okay. <laughs> Len, do you have oh. one? Uh, Liesje leert een lotje lopen langs de lange lindenlaan. It's the most basic one in Dutch, but it's the first one up in my mind. Solid. I try to look for more, but yeah. <laughs> Chris? <laughs> I think I'll play it safe and I will just go for um, Green Frog Black Road, Big Glory Heavy Load, Green Road No Toad. Green Frog Black. Oh. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I got it wrong. I've already <laughs> lost it. <laughs> I didn't make it past two words. <laughs> Green Toad, Black Road, Big Glory Heavy Load, Green Road No Toad. Oh yes, I, I can see how <laughs> yes. that. Yes, I'm not going to attempt that, but that sounds great. I haven't actually heard that one before. No, Kirsty, no, do you I have haven't. one? Oh, sorry, do you have one? Or is or are you going to use the 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 Dutch? Yes, version? I'll use the Dutch equivalent of the one Amy did. <laughs> <laughs> a tongue twister in Spanish. There are a couple. There is one that is very good for people that are trying to learn Spanish in the rolling R. Tres tristes tigres comen trigo en un trigal. Excuse me, the fuck? That's three sad tigers eat weed in a wheat field. Oh, wow. Me. Mood. But it has like R's and T's and R's. There are, like, Spanish has very convoluted, I don't know if, if this is probably true in every language, but very convoluted um, uh, tongue twisters because of the, the range of sounds that you can make, like el otorrinolaringologo de paralanguitirim cario. And it that so is beautiful, though. It, yeah, it sounds it lovely. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> so I'm gonna leave it there. More questions, Dilly, or are we yeah, ready? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I've got. Uh, so I'll go for one longer one, then I'll just go for a quick fire one. So one for Carlos, which mm -hmm. is how does it feel to be running Blood in the Sevens again? From oh, it feels really nice. Yeah. It feels very nice to be playing Blood on the Severn again, because over the course of the uh, of the last several months, um, when we started making like the program uh, for our stream and what we're we're gonna do with uh, after Blood on the Thames and then Blood on the Tamases and then we're gonna be doing later on after Blood on the Tamases is long is 
done in the long, long future, um, Born on the Severn. I've been developing the world. And then I had this idea of having some of the historical figures and the, and the kindred throughout the ages. Uh, and now we have this amazing opportunity. And I wanted to say a big thank you to all of our disaster ghouls, starting with the four that are on your screens right now or your lovely ears if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, thank you, Chris, Len, Amy, and Christy uh, for being in the 1645 Camarilla one shot. It Thank was you. hard pressed for time, and in one week, one week we made it. Thank you very much to the other eight amazing disaster ghouls that are already in the spots for uh, 1878 Autarkis and 1747 Anarch. Twelve disaster ghouls in five days. By Friday, we already have all twelve spots. And 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 people asking like, hey, am I? Is it too late? Uh, is it too late to join? And yes, it, it sadly it was. But but if this is a super success and Peter manages a way of making me do more of these with a lot of money, then I will bring people from that waiting list and and have you here with us. So it feels really nice because I feel that together now it's not just me and my friend. Uh, Sam, that we have been doing a lot of uh, world building. It's it's now with the input of 12 extra people that are filling my mind with amazing ideas of the character and the feel of the city. And so it, it's really great. Cool. Okay, I'm going to go for one comment and then there'll be two quick fire questions. So from the Ghostbat13, I just wanted to say that uh, uh, they really love the Ankh, which impairs our internet. So. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, Thank you. So let's go about 13. And then, uh, so Miracle Man, uh, so Mitch is, uh, is asking, favorite flavor of crisp? Go. Oh, my God. Again. Salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar. <laughs> prawn crackers? Easy. Can I, can I change the crisp for prawn crackers? Sour, sour cream and onion. Yes, I will go with oh. that. No, or 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 cheddar, cheddar. Lots of cheese. The ones that like when you grab them, you have cheese in your hands. Yeah, I will never understand. <laughs> I will never understand you. Oh no! Wait, I'm. I'm it doesn't I'm, taste like real cheese. Fruit <laughs> crisps, crisps, sweet chili. Oh, Doritos, yes. sweet chili. The black bag. Also very good. Actually, I tell you what. The pan, uh, the panland down the road. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if they still do them, but they used to do them, and my friend used to bring them in because I could never get them myself. But um, they did like roast beef or roast lamb flavored crisps. Oh my god! And it, they were just so nice. Huh. They were really nice. How about you, Chris? I'm gonna go with ready salt. I mean, there's a lot of good flavors of crisp, but a, a, a basic ready salted crisp, lightly salted, is is. Mm -hmm. The best. Next. Okay, and finally, a question I failed to ask before we started, uh, asked by Story and Code, is what did everyone have for breakfast? And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna bow out after this. <laughs> time, so we got here. It's like Dylan. Do we have any questions? He's gonna ask it. Chris, <laughs> what do you have for breakfast? I had toast and apple. Len. I knew this question was <laughs> and I told in the chat, uh, yes. well, I organized it, that was, I was going to do a very extravagant breakfast just for this question. So I had uh, fried 
eggs with thyme and salt on buttered toast and ham. See, she, she made a to have a fancy breakfast just because she knew she was going to be asked what was your breakfast. <laughs> oh, Amy? that sounds so nice. Do you know what I had? I had a glass of water and I skipped breakfast. How are you alive? <laughs> <laughs> I had a good lunch though. I had pasty. Okay. Good, good pasty. And Kirsty? I had two crackers with um, just cream cheese. Okay, <laughs> nice. And I and had, I had a, a ham and cheese, ham cheese and pickle sandwich. Nice. You had breakfast. Well, at, <laughs> at what time one, did you have one, breakfast? At one. After, it's still at, lunch, Carlos. After my third meeting of the day at one p.m. I mean, it was nine p nine a.m. in Venezuela. That's fair. <laughs> Actually, like seven because the clocks changed. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, for their questions. Uh, we're going to resume after the visions of death and destruction that Raphael just. So we're back in court, um, and uh, and you are back. Like after after the silver lion jumps, and you only see the blackness inside his mouth. Everything comes back to normal. Mary is having a, a conversation with the prince and Agnes is with with Polymethes and the Twitter Primogen. And and the one closest to you is Thomas, uh, who just finished the conversation with his own with the Bruya Primogen. You are back in the close court. You're no longer in the fields. You're no longer surrounded by bodies that have died of this horrible plague that is yet uh. to come. Ah, uh, I. He will. Uh, he he will go to find his nearest coterie member. Uh, Thomas, that would be Thomas. Thomas, yeah. Are you well? Hi. He he sort of places both hands on his on his shoulders. He sort of turns around and places both hands on his shoulders. And he sort of looks at him through his mask and he's like, "I've seen I've seen a, something dire, something. You you must believe me. This this cannot be a a, a thing of madness. I I." There is something coming. There is something awful coming. There is. <sighs> Raphael, it, it is only the parliamentarians. There, there may be a battle, but it's, it's nothing no. to worry about. No, 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 no. There is a lot. There is a great deal to worry about. There is. There's, there's some sort of plague. There's, there's. The they're, they're all, they're all dead. Sort of withdraws into himself and puts his hand down and he sort of lets him go. Okay. Come, Raphael, but perhaps we should um we should be thinking about leaving. Um I think perhaps you are done here. He doesn't say anything, he just sort of if you want to direct him anywhere then he's gonna be pretty malleable. I, I think Thomas will um, try and escort Raphael out then before yeah anyone else tries to speak to him. Yeah. 
And and you can always uh, go to the the communal haven. Uh, looks are passed amongst Thomas and Mary or Agnes, as in I'm taking care of Raphael, uh, uh, which is not. It, it is something that has happened a couple of times in the past. But when it happens, you have always made sure that someone is with Raphael, and his visions tend to be when he has them turn to be very overwhelming. So, um, Agnes, Mary, um, are you going to stay in court and socialize, or are you intending to do anything else? It's late in the evening, it's past midnight. Mm -hmm. So... Well, I don't know uh, what Agnes wants to do, but I think Mary would like to talk to Ian, just for a moment. Um, that's where... Agnes is, so you could just approach the ongoing conversation. Yeah, the conversation with uh, yes. with uh, William has ended, and I will yes. definitely, uh, by laws of etiquette, quietly leave and head over there. <laughs> so when you arrive, uh, she is in the middle of a conversation, and do you remember where we left it, uh, Christy? Yes, I do. Okay. I... So you, you get to hear this as you approach uh, Len, um, but after after she says her piece is when you are close enough to engage in the conversation. I see. Uh, your your preference for him is it is it's not unimaginable, but I um, could I suggest that I perhaps have a talk with him that. Perhaps uh, while you have not yet been successful trying to convince him of the of this cause, perhaps I could attempt to sway his mind if that is what you wish. Oh, that would be most fantastic. What do you think? Yes, yes. Convince him. Get him to agree. Spare us from war. Let the kind kill each other. And you see Ian, you know, straightens himself as Mary approaches. Yes, uh, Agnes, if you could please, huh? I ask you, as my role as primogen of the Torador, please intercede on our behalf and talk to Giacomo Mazza. Yes. It, it could prove very useful. Mary, if you have a moment, Agnes. a word, please. And of course. She they retire, let you know, the ladies have a word, the old ladies. She will sort of find herself a space where she can talk a bit more openly. Perhaps, uh, Mary, if your business in court is quite con concluded, I would like to speak with you privately. It is a, it could concern a family matter, as it were. I would oh. not wish to bother the court with it, but. Is this a matter that you just discussed with Sir Ian? It, it could involve as such, yes. 
Okay, well, let's not displease the matter. Let's go and talk about it. And I think my business in court has been quite concluded. I think I have the information that we need to probably start this investigation. I don't think we can get any more information out of that. Okay. We will it's... speak on our way back. Yes, that likes that sounds like the proper way to do right now. I will say my regards and I will be on our way. Yeah. Excuse ourselves from courts, make yes. a proper exit. <laughs> Um, anyone wants to do anything uh, else to tonight, or should we move on to the following night? You you have time. You have to remember this is the 1600s, so it, it'll take a while to get to wherever you are because you have to walk most likely, or you know if you have horses or a carriage. But it's the middle of the night. Uh, people tend to be in bed since very early, and you hear them come out of bed very very early as well. Uh, so you don't have to rush things if you don't want to. You can have conversations, of course, on the way home or at home, or you can postpone them for following night. There's a conversation to have, but it can be had yeah. the following night, I believe. So. I, I don't mind, to be fair. I think probably he'd be largely... If you did try to talk to him tonight, he'd probably need some time to settle his nerves. He'd be sort of... Yeah, that's probably the reason why Thomas will yeah. wait. Okay. Cool. And Marion and Agnes, are you going to finish? I think Agnes will immediately. Finish the conversation in the, yes. in the way home. Okay. Yes. Just to have it be done with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I'm sure Agnes will have mentioned this quite literal thorn in her side that is Jackal. Giacomo, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> probably. OT. <laughs> and it is suggested by Polymetes and our dear Herald that we perhaps involve him into this issue as a impartial judge. But up to this point, he has he has been animated to keep his to stay outside this matter. So it would well, be wise to have someone who could mitigate uh, the factions, but what worries me is what he will ask in return for his He might not be aligned indeed, and he might not be aligned, that's fair, but I do also worry of what else he might seek instead of, you know, a certain alignment or loyalty Perfect. to a certain cause. Um, he is, he does seem to be like a sly fox. Indeed. Can we actually trust him to make an impartial decision? Where would we locate him even? Do you know where his whereabouts are? Uh, Agnes would be able to find him, I imagine. Yes, yes, yeah. He, he is, um, there is a guild. A, a guilt, guilt, not guilt with a T, guilt with a V. Mm -hmm. uh, the Society of Merchant Ventures, and there's also the Merchant Ventures School. He hangs yes. around there. Right. Locating him would not be an issue, I believe, but indeed his impartiality in the matter and 
convincing him is what has proven to be an issue, as far as I know. Now, certainly, given his profession and involvement within the city, I happen to have something that he could, he could be interested in. However, I am not keen to see our family business diminished in any way. So this is where we have perhaps an issue. Because I fear, and I hope I'm incorrect, but I don't think I am, that I could persuade him, but not without making a considerable sacrifice. And seeing as you are still part of the family, I it involves you. I have no idea what he might be asking of you. I know some of the tales you've told me about his past uh, interest into the business. Um, however, I will say that it's your decision to make, after all. I do appreciate that you're getting me involved in it because the, the waves of effects will definitely squander with my own admirations, but I think it's a dangerous venture to, for you to be taking. It's not that you can't can get up above the situation if it does acquire him to have a part or the entirety of your business. But would it be worth it for now, for this? Are there other, matter, are there other ways or other matters we can look into to find an impartial judge of some kind? Or does it have to be him? That is precisely the question that I've been asking myself. But... Off the top of my head, I cannot imagine anyone else. But it is definitely wise to search for options. I would prefer only to involve Jackal as a last resort. But it is worth a conversation, at least. Well, we could hear out his terms and just not decide right away in that conversation if you want to accept or not. Yes, I believe I that. do think it's better that we keep this between us. The rest doesn't have to know about this decision. Agreed, it's family matters. Exactly. Let's keep it in the family, shall we? And with the secrets of the family, um, we will go to the, to the following. So, if you will, for me... Um, make a, a rouse check so we have a, a, a swanky said i want to have a, a special thanks to um dylan for being patient and helping I with everything and hungry so he can go and see it agnes goes hungry thomas goes hungrier and Rafa, the only person who keeps <laughs> Face level is Mary. Everybody else uh, jumps to hunger uh, two. So make sure to go in your character sheet at the bottom and click the clickety thingy that makes the hunger go to two. It's a good thing to be a little bit hungrier, ready for breakfast. 
Champa <laughs> champa. And, and versus for you is not as 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 an amazing uh, an amazing and affair as it could be. Um, you are in the in the in the in the communal haven of the coterie, which is a a nice mercantile house that also that is at the size of a warehouse, uh, in which the the smell of the gutters is not prevalent. This is the side of the the uh, the merchant's docks that is actually quite clean, heavily secured, patrolled by many people, both royalists and mercenaries, and the people because this is one of the places where gunpowder is stored and moved around and sold together with muskets and flintlocks and the weapons that the royalists are using to fight the war. These are the Fowler stores. So it's very safe. Uh, just avoid fire in open flame. Um, A good rule of thumb for any kindred. <laughs> yeah. 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 Needs to be quick if it goes. So, uh, Thomas and Raphael. Okay. Is, is it just us two? Um, yes. Uh, the the Fowler ladies uh, spent the evening having having discussions about the family business at the family house. So they will probably meet with you later. So you will have a chance before they arrive to to talk amongst yourselves. Do I know the the um, sparring grounds the, where Arthur's supposed to be? Do I know whether that would be likely frequented by uh, mortals as well, or is that likely to just be kindred it, there? It is usually uh, kind during the day, but in the evening, a lot of people that show up there are either drunk, making it an easy feeding ground, or kindred. So it becomes like a like a place in which kindred or soldiers meet, but it usually they have their little areas. Okay. I just advise to take backup and um, it depends on who's going to be there, which backup I attempt to get. Yeah. So it's probably your roundhead friends. Uh, well, they would be mortals. So yeah. Yeah. But they, they are, they could be there. Oh, they could. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise yeah. I, I could ask the um, French, Duelist, if you'd mind coming oh, with me. Oh, Yes, you can ask him as well. So you can if, go with if we think it's going to be kindred only, I would simply ask Guillaume. Yeah, yeah. You can you can ask any of the urchins the area uh, that of uh, um, Agnes makes sure to have around, just because it's convenient for messaging and if you pay them well and give them food from time to time, they make sure that no other people come here and try and steal stuff. Uh, so she she keeps her her. Her business tied in. You sent so, word. I would talk to Raphael first, I think, just to explain that. Um, my sire advised me to search search for this Arthur um, at the sparring grounds by the marsh. Um, the, obviously, the, the marsh. The, the marsh. The, yeah, you know the well. The, the drunks go to. The I, I know. You know, good, good. Um, yeah, obviously, with my sire advised this, is is wise to act on it sooner rather than later. Um, I don't believe that it might not be appropriate for the, the ladies to come, but I, I can either have some mortal allies of mine attend, or I could possibly send a message to a, another friend because 
uh, as you might be aware, I am not the most popular person. I, I will come with you. That would be great. I, I'm thinking of inviting another as well, if that's okay with you. Yes, yes. What, Brilliant. Whatever. So, so he'll um, send a merchant and, and ask him to send for Grillem as well. And ask if he'll accompany him on a, a trip. Okay. Um, you send word for them. and for uh, Are you going to send for your roundhead friends and Guillaume or just Guillaume? Just Guillaume, I think. And then if, if it's all kindred, then that's... that's yeah. that. Okay. Um, you send word for Guillaume to meet um, in in by the harbour side on the way to, yeah. the, to the marshes. Um, and in the meantime, uh, you and Raphael are waiting. The two of you in front of the river. Nothing much. Um, until you see a figure come into you. It's a beggar. You do recognize the beggar, Raphael. Mm. It is none other than poor Sophie Woods. Sophie Woods. Good evening. Miss Woods. She throws herself at your feet. And she starts praying. She grabs your boots. And she starts praying with a fervor that takes you back. He uh, he will kneel down and attempt to attempt to sort of speak to her face to face. Um um, and will attempt to sort of see if he can very gently take one of one of her hands in his, and he will say, "What, what, 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 what is it? What's what's going you, on? Have you seen the vision too?" You know, when you when you drop to one oh. knee and she she sort of reincorporates herself, and you're close face to face, you can see her. She's crying, and there are tears of blood. She's oh. like, "Please, please, please, please." <laughs> Raphael, Angel of Mercy, I beg thee, take me, take me, take my soul to him, take me, please, take me, I cannot bear it anymore, um, I cannot bear it anymore. He will sort of grow quite, not business-like, but he will get quite more formal then, and he will sort of take her by the shoulders and see if he can lift her up. Um, so that she's standing again. You take her by the shoulders and she grabs you by the face. And she's saying, I cannot deal like her bloody hands in your face. Not deal with the visions. Help me with the visions. Um, can I have a roll from you? Yes. A resistance roll. Resistance. Uh, well, it's basically... You will have to roll composure plus intelligence. Composure plus intelligence. I can do that. Um. Oh. Oh. That is. Well, those two. Those two successes on the uh, on, on <clears throat> the crit. 
Okay. All right, green is a crit win. So that will count for four plus two on the hunger dice. That's six successes, critical win. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. It's a good roll. So, I've never done that before. I'm quite pleased. So the, this is the best way to get that because it's a critical win. Not only, like, you know what she's doing mm. because you can do this too. Sometimes sinners need to be told, and sometimes they. The, the, the grace of God is brought to their ears while you talk. And and some uh. some are insidious, but you are pure. And what she's doing is also pure. This is the, the use of dementation and she's trying to give you the visions that she's had. She's not assaulting you, insidiously driving you crazy. She's sharing her vision through this sort of Malkavian connection that you have. Uh, and of course, there is the chance that you fall prey to it. The visions are of, of souls, of beings of light. Beings of light that immediately start growing darker and darker until they are nothing but a thin thread, a plume, a vein, a black vein. And you see veins everywhere. You see him around, you, you see them around her, around Thomas, in the water. She says, their souls, their souls are in agony. Souls screaming. They took their souls. They took their souls. Roll intelligence plus occult. Oh, you, you as well, Thomas, because you hear the words. Okay. Intelligence plus occult. Should you mm -hmm. have it? I yep. do not have a cult tool. Do I still just roll intelligence or? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Plus politics in your case. Higher difficulty, but still roll. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh my. God. I believe that that is <laughs> a messy crit. A messy crit. <laughs> First one of the evening. That's six successes, messy crit. So that, <laughs> that is two rolls in a row. You get six successes. One is a messy one. <laughs> this is, he's going to be having a good time. How about Thomas? Whoa. Oh my god. Oh my god. Five successes, critical win. So both of you. Coincidence? Both of you, I think not. I think not. Both of you understand what she's saying. They took their souls. The veins. Diablery. Okay, your face in this moment Ooh. is worth it. Just just for that, for the face of you. She is, Thank you, Carlos. She, she speaks of them taking their souls. I saw them take those souls. And now they're, now they're, their halo is tainted. And I cannot bear it. I can hear them still. They're fighting to be freed. They want to go to the Lord and Creator. They, please, please help me. Please give me sweet, sweet release. Let my soul be like that. Don't let my soul be like that. So, so, so tell us who took the souls. Like who, 
who committed this? So you know, uh, I mean, ba uh, uh, that is diablery uh, through politics, and it was at difficulty five using <laughs> politics, politics uh, difficulty three for uh, for occult. Uh, you know it because Amaranth is punishable under kindred law by final death with a blood hunt, and and there are things, and 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 of course the question comes at what is it. So you know it from the perspective of how bad it is and how wrong it is according to kindred law and especially the Camarilla law. Uh, you you know, uh, Raphael, that is bad from the spiritual point of view. Who took the souls? Arthur did. Arthur and that, and that, and that Nosferatu and that, and that, and that woman. I cannot. What are their I, names? Arthur and the the Nosferatu and he. Well, she's mentioning a Nosferatu. And a woman. That's yeah. So, what Thomas, connects them? Thomas will try and persuade her to to, to, to give the names of the Nosferatu if she knows. Um, she doesn't know the name of the Nosferatu. She does know the name of the woman, and the and the woman answers to what what what, what? Rose. Her name is Rose Abbott. Rose Abbott. Anything similar to. Rosalette, or no, no, Isabel Ros uh, Rosalette is the is a French Rosalette, uh, okay. a French surname. This is Rose Abbott. Um, Rose Abbott, and she is a Tremere, an anarch Tremere. Sorry, an independent Tremere. Nope, nope. I read it right the first time. She's an anarch Tremere. <laughs> And she doesn't know the Nosferatu, but she knows is an independent one. She describes the man. It's a man that has a sort of sideways, like her his shoulders are going sideways. Like he's not a uh, he doesn't have a hunch. Like he he has severe scoliosis. That would be the way to describe it nowadays. <clears throat> he has severe scoliosis. Um, but she she will tell you of this Nosferatu, this small foreign man. And I saw them. I saw them. I saw them. I I was taken. I went through the streets. I went to the. I went through the chapel, and I saw them take the, dump the body of the woman in the river. After Rose was done with it, and then Thomas did the same. Rose later. And they made me watch. And they made me stay silent. And I cannot, I cannot do this. I cannot do this, Raphael. Help. Help me, Raphael. Come with me. We must go to the chapel. We must see where this took place. Maybe, maybe it would clear the mind. Maybe my angel would be more forthcoming with uh, 
science of the future. Um, this I, is, mm-hmm. Sorry. This is true. We should go to the sheriff, right? Prince. Um, well, you have been tasked to find them, and now you have an accusation. Well, exactly. But it's, uh, if, if it's there is no sheriff currently. He died on uh, two years ago with the okay. fall of the. If, if we take this to the prince and the accusation like this, then perhaps a, a blood hunt would occur. And um... but what this this we must find solid evidence. I believe her, as I believe other angels of my clan, but for most in the material world, and this is just hearsay, we have no evidence, we have no proof. Well, very well then. We must notify the, uh, the women and then we must work together as some sort of team to discover this makes it even more urgent my uh, mission tonight to apprehend Arthur. Uh, I shall wait for Gwilem and um, we shall go to the, the spying grounds at the marsh. So, very well. I am conscious of the time, Amy, and mm-hmm. uh, and so to close it out with Raphael before you leave us for tonight. Mm-hmm. Um. You, you agree that Thomas will indeed have to go and apprehend uh, this man, Arthur. But you cannot leave a soul like that. You cannot yeah. leave her to suffer. Mm-hmm. So Raphael will definitely take her and go back to the chapel try and send word to his sire so someone can come and console her. She will ask to be... Three, number seven, your time taken. is up. Yep. She yeah, will... we're just finishing up. Okay, so there is... No, don't worry about it. We knew this. We're, that's yeah. why we're doing a closing scene with Ackling. Exactly. We knew it. It's not an, uh, an unprecedented thing. Don't worry about it. And um, Sophie will be in a very bad shape. And your sire believes that the, the greatest kindness will be to bring her to Torp. Ooh. So, rest. And she's protected. In the best place, so the touch corruption does not get to her, will be to do so in the crypts of the chapel. Well, she can remain in torpor while people above her pray for her soul. Ooh. This will be very difficult um, because this this veins that he saw are a corruption of the soul. 
and they feel like the type of thing that will kill you from inside. But so did the plague. Now Raphael will be mm. the hero. The bubonic plague. Eleven years before it even happens. Twenty-one years even before it even happens. So for the next two decades, Raphael will try to warn them, but no one listens. Thank you very much for joining us, Amy. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's been fantastic. And we will continue. Thank you. Take care. You too. Have a lovely rest of the evening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Well, no. 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 <laughs> if we're oh. looking very weak, it's because Amy had yep. a disconnection. <laughs> that's what that's what we're going with. But don't don't. Don't, how do you call it? Um, don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> that is, that is the, the, the appropriate word. We will try to fix it as soon as possible. Yes. Okay. Um, the ladies, where are the ladies? I, there we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> She will disappear. Like, well, she's muted Shortly. and she will disappear from the screen. She's going to have her, her icon, but we can continue. Um, Len and Kirsty. So um, you are in the Fowler household, right? Yes. Yes. And um, you will be there uh, for the following. Oh. Uh, she ha she had problems with connectivity last night, so it's don't worry about it. We have tried this. Hey, there, there we go. There's Raphael. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, sorry. Apologies to all our viewers. If you are um, listening to the podcast, nothing has happened. Just ignore no. it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have we have been having um, some trouble trying to make the best setup with the tools that we have. Um, and uh, it has worked. So let's yes. move on. So Thomas will go in the direction of uh, of the marsh, but the the Fowler sister-in-laws, the old ladies, the ladies in, the, in their golden years, um, golden girls, the golden yeah, they're the golden girls. Um, <laughs> You choose to you, you you chose to stay at home, and now you're going. Uh, you 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 mentioned going to the merchants to talk to Giacomo. Yeah. Okay. Um, you will find him. Not a problem. He is outside with the other merchants discussing, buying, selling, moving. He is in front of the gate. Of the big gates in the in uh, near King Street, uh, and you will see that there are these pedals, pedestal, like stone pedestal, and people would put their money on the stones, you know, and doing the exchanges and the offers and money changing hands, and he is in one of those. Mm. So, I assume you approach him. 
absolutely. However, if he is currently in the middle of a transaction, oh yeah, you're the waiting, polite until, yeah. waiting you're waiting until, until he, he has finished. He he makes a very very good deal, or so it seems, to the person that's with him, and then the person leaves very, like very happy with themselves. And Giacomo looks a little troubled, and then when the guy is like five meters away, he goes like and smiles like as if he'd made the deal of a lifetime. <laughs> and he turns and says, oh. Senora Agnes. Good evening. Ah, pleasure to finally see you in the flesh. It is. I was wondering whether we could have a a conversation away from Ah I understand. Allow me. Thank hey. And he just gives instructions to a couple of people and they make a little bit of like that you are surrounded by other people engaging in merchant activities. But you feel like none of them is eavesdropping. Basically he has shielded you from others hiding in plain sight the best way to do business now Signora Agnes it is not common for you to be in my presence tonight um, here with the rest of the merchants no and it would not be so if it weren't a more um, concerning matter than it is usually I it has come to my attention that you have been approached to perhaps medicate um, in an issue between the factions. Ah, see. I have I have come to speak with you about that once again. Hmm. They are very. Uh... Quella palabra, la parola. Um, you're very, really adamant that I engage in your, your little um, quarrels between the factions. No, no, excuse me, I don't, I want it. It's no, don't see the profit. What, what do Giacomo get? I. I will say it is a, I believe it should be viewed as a, a sign of respect that we should invite someone to help us mitigate. I, I will also say that these are not mere quarrels. I, I assure you, we would not bother with, with something of no, no importance. Ah, oh, man, don't get me, don't get me wrong. Uh... Signora Agnes, this is a, a thing of uh, not. There are factions. There are there are the Camarilla, and then there is the 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 Anarchy. My no no situation that I would like to find myself. I I also have a dream of a faction. I dream of being being free. Being, being my own man, being a merchant, a master of trade, if you will. I see. And I am doing it. Away from your Camarilla, away from... 
¿Qué pez? This is, this is a dream of mine to be not leading, but together with others. But then, those who think like me, independent. Do you know how they call the independent in the old empire, l'antica Roma, in the Rome of of old, the autarkies comes from Greek. Apparently, autarkis. Don't you like how it sounds? It rolls out of the autarkis. It is a beautiful word, I, I must admit. However, do you not believe that, well, I do not think that independence exists in a vacuum. There will always be, well, there has to be some other faction in order for you to be independent. Oh, and absolutely. But how about the autarkis being recognized by the other factions of of our own, as our own people, as people with a voice, with a voice in the say of the city, not just in what we do with our lives, but the environment we flow. I see. I wish to give other independent that freedom. I wish to give uh, the, the beautiful life to them as well. So why how not? would you organize this? Oh, simple. Commerce. Commerce is the great equalizer. It will help you with everything. See, Cosi, uh, let me explain myself. The independence here, they can work and do whatever they want. Things they did in life. Things they want to do in death. They should be fairly compensated for their work. They can work doing many trades. They can come, stay for a season, work a little and go. They don't have to work for me as long as they are allowed to work. To earn their keep. You are speaking my language. I... They stop being parasites. They stop being a problem. An organized group of autarkies policing ourselves. And also having a say. Three, make decisions. Not two. Camarilla, independent and autarkies. And then the autarkies will help shape Bristol. And commerce, and you know this, Senora Agnes, commerce will make us strong. Commerce will make the city flourish. Agnes, be mindful of this. We are just mere messengers. We cannot say yes or no to your proposal ourselves. We'd have to run by the prince, of course, so we cannot guarantee a yes or no answer. Oh, I understand. I understand, Signora Maria. However, what we do offer is a, a bigger platform to force yourselves for yourself, are we not? By yes. asking you to 
medicate. That could be a start. You would let yourself be no- let yourself be known, and depending on which way the outcome of of this business goes, could that not be the start of your endeavor? Hmm. Agnes well, is right, you know. I understand what you ladies say. I and I think you're right. If we are allowed a voice as a collective, as a group. Then we have to show that we are able to be just, to be true. Hmm. Hmm. You drive a hard bargain, Senora Agnes, Senora Mari. We would not be where we are if we didn't. Take word to your prince. Tell them that Giacomo would be happy to enter negotiations, to make the independent autarchies, to make us a faction. Mm. Maybe if the Council of the Anarchs can be convinced, we can officiate that adjudication that you mentioned. I would be happy also to help bring the truth to the fore. I yes. think that's quite an interesting proposition and I do enjoy the sound of that. Not only that, but the new faction could provide many a new opportunity for, well, other kindred as well. Yes, yes, you understand, Mrs. Mari. Senora Mari, you are right completely. However, I do wonder, beside the voice of power, is there anything else you want to gain from this? What else would I need? Of course, as a faction, we would be allowed some of our existing domains, but now we would have the protection of them. I'm also looking after them. Some of the areas here are not even given to Kindred. Anarchs and Camarilla fight for it. Sometimes they fight in the household or in the back garden of one of my fellow independents. So we would we would want also to be safeguarded against the depredations of larger factions. It's something we definitely, I think, can propose to William, Prince William. Uh, can we guarantee in yes or no? We don't know. But I do agree with Agnes, this is a great way to put yourself out there uh, in a position that is responsible enough to be recognized by the other factions. If this goes well, like Agnes is saying, you're going to be respected and it will be a very good addition to your curriculum vitae. (laughs) (laughs) Molto grazie, signora. Molto grazie, signora. You are making this Venetian merchant. Much happy. Have a lovely evening. Buonasera. The same to you. And I think I... Okay. Have a lovely evening. I think I... <laughs> I, I saw the, the video just... Oh. Oh, there you are. Hey, hi. No, <laughs> my video went crazy for a second. Ah, okay. I was just wondering <laughs> All right. what happened. Yeah, the thing is that it looked like as you... like It was stopped as... And it looked like you were going to talk. And then... Oh, okay. 
No. That's so thank yes. you. Yeah. So you will take word. Yes. Thomas. Yes. The, Guillaume accompanies you. Uh, do you mention this to him in the way? I will. Um, obviously, you'll need to know what to do. And I will say that I've, I've been asked by the prince to apprehend this uh, Arthur Moats. Um, and there is a suspicion of diablerie with him. And I will say that um, where we're going is, is known as a royalist stronghold. And obviously, I'm not popular, so I'd appreciate his uh, presence. Uh, on you this mention chassis. that the reason is Diablery. He, I will mention there is suspicions of Diablery, um, accusations. This is, this is not. This is terrible. The Amarans believe the deepest of sins. Oh, indeed. Um, hmm. Yes, he must be apprehended and, uh, and uh, he must be take, we must take him. To to the to the prince and uh, and he must directly. Yes, yes, I I am honored to to provide my my sword and my skill to help you in this endeavor. Let us proceed. And he starts walking. He <laughs> looks like his his stance is gay. Even he's, he's changed. He walks like a man of. He is. He feels like he looks like Mary looks like she is in the greenhouse in her element. But for Yom, it's going to be the dwelling, the anticipation of the melee. That is what looks to be his element, not chaotic combat, not the battlefield. The gentleman's duel. You reach the marsh, which is not as marshy as expected. Actually, these past few months have been uh, more merciful. Not a, not as much rain, but still, there the the soggy ground uh, ground slightly gives way to you, and you recognize the the place where. You will see um, Arthur sitting um, in, in one of the rocks um, with his friend Simon. And they are having a, a small chat together. Are there anyone else around? Any mortals? Or is it just the two of them? There are a couple of mortals that look your way and you nice a couple of cavaliers that recognize you. No one is making a move just yet. Okay. Um, <clears throat> are they far enough away from uh, Arthur and Simon? To not yes, yes, they, yeah. they are. Like, everybody is minding their business and it's quite spread out. Okay. Imagine this is like a public park nowadays, but in the evening. Yeah with very few people huddled so, near the, the small places where there's fire. We'll uh, approach Arthur and Simon then. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, not drawing a sword yet. I'm just going to keep it civil. Mm -hmm. For um, now. So, 
So we say Simon Winters and Arthur Motes. Uh, I've been instructed to accompany you back to the Prince. There have been uh, certain rumours going around, and the Prince desires your company immediately. Simon looks back at Arthur. What? I, I said, uh, Prince William, the city, desires your presence immediately. He, Will you he, accompany me? Yeah, he puts his hands on on his hips. Looks at you, looks at Guillaume. Did he say why? Presumably to talk to you. Well, I'd imagine. Who are you to question the prince? And and at that, hmm. all right. Lead the way then. Now Arthur from behind is like, not so fast, Simon. We're not questioning the prince. We question. This bloody brown head. Lamentarians making a mess of things. So this has got nothing to do with kind politics. I, I brought Guillaume here, uh, a Frenchman. He's <laughs> as far from a parliamentarian as you could possibly get. Uh, and yet he is here to help me carry out these duties. He bows. Enchanté. And Arthur turns around like... A bloody French? <laughs> you bring a Frenchman. Parliamentarian and a Frenchman. And you're going with them, Simon. Um, Simon is wise enough, please, to... Can you do, please, a Fury Frenzy check? Oh, great. Because he's been visibly... this. I'm, I'm making a Fury Frenzy check for Guillaume as well. Things that he's unlike you, he's not a Bruya, so he doesn't have a penalty. Yeah. So you would uh, on the. I'm not frenzy. sure how to do the penalty on this, so I just click it. I'm not you sure. You kill what frenzy. Yeah. Uh, I put three options. Your willpower and submit, and your humanity. And submit, and then it asks you for modifiers. Cool humanity. Do I put my total humanity or? The... Your total humanity. But uh, your current willpower. So if you've used willpower, yes. then it's not reduced. yet. And then minus one in minus one. Well, minus vent severity in your case. Yeah. Fail, fail, fail. Roll. Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> four yeah. Come on. You Sorry. feel you, the beast trying to take over. You hear this man not only insult you, but insult your friend. I mean, you're not like long friends from whatever, but I mean, you are making a curt, you're giving them a courtesy of introducing Guillaume and, and you're being reasonable in your argument. And these bloody royalists, they are seeing things black and white as they you doing policy and your beast is there. But your mind says, if he is guilty, he's gonna... You said it to Raphael. Guilty. Gonna or, or, or you heard it from Mary. Sorry, if he's guilty, 
he will try to hide, but doesn't have anything to fear. He won't. And Simon looks like he has nothing to fear. Arthur does. And that makes him more guilty in your eyes, but in your reasonable mind, not in the whole bestial manner. Oi! And of course, it takes you a second to compose yourself. Yeah. Is uh, Guillaume okay? Is he? Guillaume is okay. the mask of perfect composure. Good I kids. mean, he is a Toreador whose beautiful environment is the dueling. He's a <laughs> man that is waiting for, he's itching for swords to be drawn so he can wait. <laughs> And then draw his sword and say, I had no alternative. You know this. You can see it in his eyes. He it's not a great idea because you're going to be, you know, a, ro a, a known parliamentarian fighting known royalists in the middle of the marshes. Not going to go well for you and Guillaume. Or will it be? I mean, I never know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so Thomas is going to address Simon again. Mm -hmm. uh, so, whether or not your friends agrees to come willing in be in your best interest to visit the prince of, obviously if I'm making this up then um, you will lose nothing but um, the prince has asked to see you and it would be better to visit him now Okay. so I would uh, yeah, ask you to step away from your friend here before he does something stupid Hmm, I like it. Um, give me a charisma plus persuasion roll. Okay. Charisma. God, I look at this chat with all of this critical. Please don't make it a critical. Whoa. Okay, it's not a critical win. <laughs> it's not a critical win. That's good. Are so you gonna roll those two dice? Sorry. So I have some green twos there. Oh yeah, it's because you got a ten, but it's only one. Ah, okay, cool. All right. Well, so I, you, I... if you hover with your mouse, you can see that it's one ten. Oh yeah, cool. Um, oh. Yes. Um, shall I willpower it? Yeah. Well... Okay. Reroll. So you use the willpower reroll. Reroll two dice because you only had. Where is that? Two, two dice. <laughs> In will under willpower, you have. Oh, there is. Yes. And it'll be two dice. Yeah. That turned it into another success. So you have a total of four successes. Yeah. I mean, I'm rolling. Okay. So it's tight. This is a sort of social combat. Yeah. Uh, so you take... Uh, each, each of you takes one superficial willpower damage, half rounded up. Okay. But he does back down. He doesn't want to continue engaging because you give him a very good argument. It's like, oh. <clears throat> and he turns and say, Come on, Arthur. Come on. Come on, mate.
and he looks at you. He stares at you. Do you back down? Well, of course not, no. This is going to be round two. Okay. Social combat. Um, how are you reacting to his stare? I will <coughs> attempt to persuade him again. I will. Okay. I'm not going to back down, but I'm going to try and talk him to it and say, don't be silly. It's not the time or the place for this. To come okay. and explain yourself to the prince. Um, can I use all? Yes, you can use all. You can use all. It'll give you an additional die. <clears throat> so you're using presence one or yeah. um, it's going to be a this is going to be a composure because you have to keep it inside. This is more like a, a social resilience kind of thing. You're just sort of deflecting his attempts at intimidation. It's going to be composure plus persuasion. Uh, you add your one die from all. And he rolls his vision. Are you going to re-roll that? You have three re-rollable dice. Yeah, that's my last roll. <laughs> Ooh, so after this, you end up with, uh, impaired. Would you do it? Yeah, the, I'm re-rolling. For the good of Bristol. Yes. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Um, Guillaume has been silent until now. You are, again, you end up with, uh, two successes. Guess what? This is the Knight of Ties. Get <laughs> another superficial willpower. So half rounded up so that one aggravated willpower damage. Yep. He doesn't want to back down, and Guillaume is the one who steps up and says, Allez, mon ami. Please, please, and he looks at at the at the at the sword hilt. Please, would you come with my friend, or will you do something silly? And that is like he is actually trying to goad this bruya into combat. But he breathes deep. See, you ain't got nothing on me. Let's go. And he follows you. Now you turn around and you are a little exhausted and a little bit on edge. And there's a lot of people yeah. that have been approaching. They're looking at you, but you are living in peace. So no one is touching you. Okay, so we're gonna head Prince. To the Prince. Yes. So to wrap it up, a most successful resolution in one night, this coterie managed to find <clears throat> find Arthur. Simon is exonerated almost in there is the testimony of a Percival. The prince, the, the primogen of the Balkavian. Recounting 
what Sophie had seen. She bears witness. She is held. She is still well. She's under the care of the Malkavian clan. But through the powers of the blood, it is possible to use the locations and try to divine what happened. And in truth, Arthur, his anarch lover, and their Nosferatu independent friend, someone who actually was paying off a boon and then getting out of it, all three committed diablery. Each on each one of the three anarchs that were killed. It was a way of getting even for Rose, for she had troubles with those anarchs. It was a good boon to repay and also getting out of it. But for Arthur, it was the possibility to stick it up with those damn anarchs. Now, this creates a very difficult situation. All three factions were in, but through the efforts, Mary, Ruiz Fowler, and Agnes, Marston Fowler, it is agreed that Giacomo, Giacomo Mazza, is called to officiate as judge. And this is the beginning of Giacomo's merging into the city. Eventually, his dream, eventually in the few years after the Civil War ends, his dream of creating the Autarchies as a faction with a name, a face, and a soul under the protection of the Master of Trade and respected by the other factions comes to reality, comes to fruition. At no small cost for the Fowler family, for the Autarchies will claim the waterways, but the Camarilla, the prince, will make it up to them, making Mary a harpy for his court. <laughs> and having Agnes as his advisor. Raphael will continue carrying the word of the plague for a few decades, but then of salvation and then death and then salvation. And throughout the ages, the angel of mercy will deliver the sacred words of God. Most will think of him a madman until his prophecies turn true. And then they will see that he saw things clearer than he else. For Thomas, it is a distinguished time finding himself the new sheriff, constable of Bristol, lacking one. Now the city is well protected. Now, in future nights, the Bruya will defect the Camarilla. Will Thomas join them? Find out more when we start Blood on the Severn. <laughs> Thank you very much to our players. Ooh. This was an amazing session to have. 
now players in 1747 know that there is a Kami sheriff out there and he's a Buya. <laughs> low willpower frightfully high everything no so thank you very much to my players tonight chris len kirsty and absent but always in our hearts amy thank you very much dylan our take uh, tech cool this is willing uh, dylan appreciation week this has been Blood on the Severn Beginnings, 1645, the first on a trilogy of uh, backstories or prologues for a chronicle Blood on the Severn. Nothing else to say that stay safe, love each other, wash your hands, and we will see you next week for, for Blood on the Severn Beginnings, 1878. Let us meet our kindred autarchies of the newly formed faction, in the Victorian era. Until then, I'll leave you and love you. Take care and good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs>